this group effort in Greenwich Village. I think it's in Greenwich Village as the Stonewall Inn. And the movement was primarily Latino uh, drag queen, um, transgender. Like it was a, a black community, like disco yeah. community. And like Marja P. Johnson uh, was a huge kind of like it was in under like the weird thing about Stonewall, too, is that the outside of the club doesn't match with the picture, what the real life thing is, because it it was this kind of a speakeasy ish type place where like they didn't you you didn't want to know that it was like a gay club because mm -hmm. when the cops would raid, they tell everyone, OK, like they'd ring a bell like there was someone who would like, it, you know, historically would like alert folks so that they could stop being who they are. Like having a beer and flirting yeah. and dancing, because well, you could and have go to, to you could go to jail for something. No, it's like, it's it, like legitimately. Yeah. And I mean, th this is also just contemporary history, but uh, I mean, that's the like, it's all gross because we're still in the period of you know, uh, a bunch of LGBTQ folks being threatened and anti-trans bills, anti-LGBTQ like, like or system bills systemically being, to be like, that's part of why the movie left such a bad taste in my oh, mouth man. because it yeah. was like we did it that was so yeah. that was the mission accomplished Wait. okay we gotta all right evan you you should edit that somewhere oh yeah if that's, yeah if anything let's just be in the beginning and be like well let's just start the episode yeah, now yeah. yep now that we've gotten it yeah. welcome to the vulgar tours where we explore the filmographies of genre filmmakers who sometimes make weird detours into films about historical events. Uh, <laughs> we are thankfully near the end of our series on the films of Roland Emmerich. Never ending. I am Paco. I am Evan. Today we're talking about Stonewall from Oh yeah, I'm Terry. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. <laughs> I clearly really don't want to talk about this movie. And that no. was Jason who said he was Terry. Yeah, yeah, right. We, we all, we all Terry's going to say he's Jason. And Terry's no, actually pocket. Uh, do we have a substitute one. teacher today? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we all have to act like, yeah, we're different people. Mrs. Cleveland. Did you guys ever do that where you would say somebody else's name? And then you'd play oh, a game yes. to see who could get in more trouble. Oh yeah, uh, because no, I, okay, so I never played the game, but no, we definitely did that. The first part, yes. The yeah. second part, no. That's definitely a you thing. <laughs> oh man, it was so much fun because, like, you know, my buddy was trouble. like, yeah, like, uh, oh man, because he would think, you know, Paco will get in trouble for anything that happens, and I would do the same. It was like you couldn't get sent to the principal because they'd know. But anything shy of that, like detentions and stuff. True. So we would just be telling people to fuck off and everything. Ah, oh, man, it was so good. Yeah, Anyways. I mean, similarly, like, I loved uh, doing shit to someone who was absent that day. But, but <laughs> like, I would say here. What? And so if I, like, got in trouble, <laughs> they would write down their name. Fuck. <laughs> that is even better. <laughs> that's so yeah, insidious. That's a great idea. <laughs> God damn it, Junior. High school. That's me. Dude, if I ever have kids, I'm going to teach them all the ways oh, to fuck with dude. people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if there's a kid that's absent and you have a substitute teacher, make sure you're that absent kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because totally. then when you get home and you get the call that like, oh, Jason was absent or whatever, delete that shit. It's not like you skipped. You could say like, here are my notes from all my yeah. no, or you They're going to send it to just... the wrong family because... No, yeah. no, because oh, they'll think he's no, see, there. The absence will go to Jason, yeah. but see, Jason no, could be like, here's you, my notes. You do they what I it. did when we got yeah. that call. I would be like, uh, like, sorry, I had to stop in the bathroom and then I was late and teacher marked me absent. My see, mom was always like, yeah. 
what happened to me is I legitimately the first time the school called my house, uh, my dad got so pissed, but it was a time I hadn't skipped class. I was like, what the fuck? And like, I showed my notes. I was like, call the school. Yeah. I was there. Like, this is either the teacher or like a fuck up somewhere in the system. Yeah. And so then after that, I had a license to skip class because my dad trusted me and was like, <laughs> oh, okay, well, clearly this shit doesn't work. You set the tone. Oh, God dad, forbid your dad. The system is corrupt. You. And your dad is like, yes, systems are corrupt. <laughs> Dude, <clears throat> when one of the people in this podcast, uh, we're throwing pumpkins through oh. uh, administrator's windows. My dad, I told him it happened to the vice principal. Yeah. And my dad was like, fuck, I wish that was me. Like <laughs> He hated the vice principal Dude, so much. Because he was the fucking worst. Yeah. Allegedly, whoever did it. Like, Allegedly. Did to his yeah. Place, um, so. But my dad was like, God, that must have been so satisfying. Your no, friend is cool. That, that, <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. Stonewall. Uh, What? This was. was, Now, you know, the elephant in the room is I chose Roland Emmerich. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big elephant. (laughs) This auteur. And it's been kind of brutal. Okay, Okay. Okay. But I will say this. Of at least since I have joined the pod. Emmerich is the vulgarest of our tours. Oh, yes, filthy. Yeah, um, and you you came in, honestly, like, we're at three years now, a year in. So you've seen well, but the majority I, so of So I it. missed Bay and, like, uh, Juan. And Fuqua. Well, yeah, but I watched all of Fuqua's movies, and I think Fuqua is great, but I don't and have Juan a high acclaim for Bay or Juan. Juan's fine. Juan's, uh, fine. Juan's okay. But, like, Emmerich, boy, he, he's, like... Everything that is wrong with modern blockbusters kind of starts with him. Well, I was telling you guys off mic, I think um, I started watching the uh, Wandering Earth, which Mm. none of you guys have seen, right? Mm -mm. No. Yeah, the Chinese one. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the biggest movies in China. Um, The sequel came out this past year. It's on Netflix. And uh, it's basically the idea is uh, Earth is fucked, but it's not because of climate change. It's because the sun's getting too big. So they have to move the earth further and further from the sun. What? Uh, it's really dumb. It's I like, mean, that's, I don't know. That's kind of cool, though. It's a, I mean, it's a cool that, premise. That's a cool but science fiction conceit. Yeah. Of, but that, I don't think the physics works quite they, on that. We call, yes. it, we call it soft science fiction. Sure, okay. okay. But yeah. So anyways, <laughs> like, it's insane how China basically is making a Roland Emmerich movie. Because it's about a brother and sister and a grandpa on yeah. earth. Uh, and then the dad who's in the satellite trying to track everything. Oh, and it like the dad. You hmm? got to have you got to have, have the dad, dad guy. Yep. And the, the dad, dad who's figure. got a weird relationship with his kids. Yes. And they've got to be separated and trying to meet up. Exactly. It's basically <laughs> yes, the day after tomorrow in 2012 in one movie. This is like the human Christ. centipede with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> uh, no it's not exactly that but it's just ridiculous how watching it i was like china this is just a roland emmerich movie and like Man. in terms of quality uh, i didn't finish it because it's the quality of a roland emmerich movie um but i mean this is what's weird about this movie is that it's kind of a strange <clears throat> outlier like i feel like the last movie that he did was white house down 
uh, before that, which was anonymous. like, yeah. So like, it's like he's going back and forth between these like dueling kind of sides of what he wants to explore. Yeah. And Stonewall was a movie that really made me interested in doing Emmerich because I was like, how does this big budget? Without like he's had it. such a varied career. Like, mm-hmm. how does he make a Stonewall movie? And also, how have I not seen a Stonewall movie? Like, you'd think that it would be a bigger. I remember movie. when this thing. came out because. Everyone was making fun of it, and it was such a bomb. Like, I I remember walking by the theater and being like, I can't imagine something less appealing to me than Roland Emmerich taking on Stonewall. Well, Which, we should go into what the Stonewall riots were and why it's a crucial experience. Uh, experience is the wrong word. A crucial moment in history. Yeah. Yeah. It was a cultural event. I mean, the Stonewall Inn, and I'm not a historian, or anything, but from what I understand is that the Stonewall Inn was a really awesome underground gay club where it was uh, a place for a bunch of, it was in Greenwich Village in New York, a place for a bunch of like Latino, Afro, uh, you know, transgender folks, uh, drag queens, um, LGBTQ people to go and be themselves in a place that was safe because of the restrictive anti-gay laws that mm. were even more prevalent or at least more out in the open and less coded in what they are now and what what the lgbtq community continues to deal with yeah, every day still mm-hmm. uh, and currently as we record and in you know places like this um were historically like all over the country where you would have these rural areas or places and cities where there's always been gay people spoilers but it hasn't always been safe. And so um, folks would find each other in a place to connect and feel safe. And more mm-hmm. importantly, have fun and be who they are. And like, I mean, that was also a huge critical part of like the disco movement and yeah. music. It was <clears throat> really and shit like that. helped by the, you know, black and gay communities. Um, but with Stonewall, uh, it, it uh, I think it's kind of known as the the bursting, uh, like the starting point of the gay rights movement when, mm-hmm. when really there were a lot of architecture in place already with a lot of gay liberation, uh, fronts, uh, I, I, I know I what you know mean. If, it's kind of like the Montgomery bus boycott is considered the start of the civil rights movement, yeah. even though there was a ton of shit before that. Well, but the, it, this and, also and, corresponds with like the, the big push in like the second wave feminism and the like, latter era of civil rights like revolution is in the air well i mean it's the 1960s late 60s yeah. early 70s i think this happened it's in 1969, 1969. Yeah. and mm-hmm. so nice. uh the police were known to raid these establishments uh looking for mob ties which some of these places were i think like, that's giving too much credit to the police mm-hmm. well that's but they let's, were let's they were be trying careful to... the way we characterize the police treatment of gay people, people. A-cab? yeah because police uh, clearly always care about gay people and want to make sure they're treated I just, correctly. I, make sure they're I, I just want to say that yeah. like, I'm not going to, like, we don't have to render judgment, but let's just say allegedly they were well, looking for organized crime. And allegedly that happened more to places owned and, pro, and, uh-huh. and attended mm-hmm. by people yeah. of color. Exactly. Uh, marginalized communities that maybe were fearful of the right. police because I doubt that this was happening in like Well, Dixie's you see, Jason, yeah. the like police the batons side. were sad <laughs> because they hadn't had any 
you know, queer or black people to beat up recently. Yeah. So and, uh, they had to do it for their batons. This is and, a soft and, and so like essentially the Stonewall Inn, what happened was there was a standoff. I think it was like a three day riot. We don't, I also think that like it's classified as a riot, but I don't think it was. And there's not a whole lot of documentation like footage or, or photographs of the actual events or what they took place. But so I want to... I think this is a great explanation, and we've more or less touched on it. And I want to cut in immediately to one of my significant criticisms of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> Roland Emmerich is a guy who shoots these large-scale epic action and disaster sequences. And he makes a riot look boring. Yeah. Like, they're fucking trying to burn down a building with a bunch of cops in it. And I'm just bored. Like... He's not as dynamic as well, he usually the, is. The entire movie is build, building up to that. It's like you have this fictional white cis male character who is an invention. In, mm-hmm. uh, to play the protagonist of the To movie? play the yep, protagonist. He's the beige machine. And it's a coming of age People story. People keep from wanting to suck his dick. His perspective. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's who we are introduced to the Stonewall through his eyes. Mm-hmm. And so he's witnessing this. He's a farm boy from okay. Kansas or but, Indiana? Yeah, he's from Indiana. Indiana. Uh, I, one of my major criticisms of this film is that we have this like, you know, every man white boy. Because we can't have a story that's centered around like uh, queer, uh, like POC and such. Because mm-hmm. Like Marsha P. Johnson or, shows up or for even, a second. Or even Ray who like. Yeah, was a more interesting character than any of the other characters. Yes, but no, we get this, you know, white bread, corn fed motherfucker. He he turns tricks for like two days and then immediately gets off the street because he has a job Mm -hmm. and and is going to Columbia. But they situate him in the film as if he were like a major part of the struggle. It's like, and I'm okay. This isn't to say that you can't like there's no this isn't like a, a contest. But I do think that, like, to throw this, like, white boy who doesn't really face any adversity except for, like, there's, like, he faces adversity for, like, one month of his life. Well, (laughs) he's got his family who is ostracizing him except for his sister and his mom. There's the Spielberg game. I understand that. So it's just his dad. No, I know. But I'm saying that, like, so we have these other characters who've grown up on the streets. Mm -hmm. They live this lifestyle and they are brutalized by a society that totally uh, abhors their presence. And this little white boy loses his like incredible privilege for like three weeks and decides he's some kind of a fucking revolutionary. Like it's not to say that you can't join a revolution, but I don't like the way it centers him where he, again, he doesn't face significant adversity in the way that the other characters do for any protracted length of time. And then it acts like he is the catalyst for this larger yeah. movement. And well, they like, even mm-hmm. have him pick up the brick and throw the bricks. Yes. Yeah, he has the fucking like, do the right thing moment, except yeah. it's not earned at all. No, it's not earned. That's what I'm saying. No. It, I don't object to his place in history. I object to the fact that the character in the context of the film has not earned the, their place as the center of revolution in this particular historical portrayal. And... Let's to get back to it as a movie. This guy is the most boring yes. fucking oh, main character I've ever seen. His name's like Jeremy Jeremy Irving Irvine. Irvine yeah. yeah, um, he's not he, like the best he can do is like smile. There's a point where he has more than like two lines of dialogue, 
And it's very apparent that he's not a particularly good actor. But there's no see, personality. See, I like, disagree. I think he's a fine actor working with an awful script. Like, he's rooting it the best he can, but there's just nothing there. There's no character. I feel, okay, so... His uh, one character note is he's gay. At, at the he has nothing to and work he's hot with. Too, okay? No, no, I'm just I'm I'm gonna step back because we we have a like a different form of this argument every time we talk about an Emmerich movie. You guys are that's what fair. Are you talking about? No, but like literally, where I'm like the same one. You're like, no, it's a bad script, and then I think we always agree that it's a combination of both. Um, yes, except I think in this case, uh, he is more talented than I would have expected and i think the materials beneath him i don't I want to cast judgment without seeing him in other things i think all like he's the, worked with spielberg he's worked with a yeah, bunch of War other filmmakers I, I'm just saying, I hated that movie i think too. the talent in this film is certainly not located in that character or that actor but i did not like this movie but i do think that the cast is uniformly pretty solid except for him i disagree i, I, I think he's like, good too i, I feel like oh, you guys all. let's save it for face the music or whatever the but i it's funny because my my biggest kind of issue with this movie is legitimately the there's confused. not enough bjs well now okay now that you brought that up okay th there should not it. be a bj quota on a movie no. but it should be more than five and also <laughs> now if you're good there's never any a if, movie, a criticism that a movie has too many BJ's is bullshit. No, the idea that there's no, it's a sexless movie. Like there's no sexiness. Yeah, to it's being just a, BJ's. There's no, no actual no, sex. It's like there's no BJ's because can be it, sexy. It cuts to black every time there's like a significant, explicit, like queer sexual thing going on, which I think is like a except big for weird. the time the dudes going down on him in the car and the other jocks find them. I know, but like, it's, but it's not, not graphic. It's, it's, it's not. It's, it's exactly. sensual. But it's not even that sensual. Is it, it PG-13? No, it's... No, it's R. They say fuck a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah I guess. Uh, and I guess you probably can't show, like, a head bobbing in a PG-13 movie. Uh, you might be able to get away with it. Uh, like, or, but like, not, gagging. Not as many times as happens. <laughs> yeah, you just hear... <laughs> not as many times as happens in this movie. But no, but none like, of the facials we see. Someone there, no, there the are no facials. I'm not saying that... being a smartass. I know there are no facials. No, but I'm saying that, like... I think that there are a lot of movies that oh, portray boy. like heteronormative relationships that get really saucy. Yeah. And this oh. one, every time I there's any I'm significant so queer no can sneak up uh, sexuality portrayed, <laughs> it cuts to black. And I think that's like... Well, um, I said before we started recording, this movie feels like Roland Emmerich, who is a gay man, is like wrestling with how much he hates being a gay person. Because I don't want to say I don't want to say hate, but it feels like there's like a certain amount of shame here. There, it oh, feels like there's self-loathing. Let's say that. Sure. Because every character is like their gayness is a punishment. Yeah. They never not, are. Not, I mean, they have rare moments of happiness. But not every character. It's more like because like some of them revel in their gayness. It's like the who, main who is reveling in it. No, all he's making like dresses for himself out of like the curtains, like. They, they, but then they, you see like the real Ray at like but her weakest moment there. I don't I, know. I, I would but say, I also, would say her. I, I don't, but there's no, I don't get the impression that they want to trade that because arguably they could. And there's an implication where it's like, where like quiet Paul says like, they're not like us, mm -hmm. you know, there's, they're a different kind of gay, so to speak. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is like, there's a, an, the, and, and, and what we would probably read now is trans, honestly. Yeah. 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 But they're. Like, 
<clears throat> Marsha B. Like, Johnson was yeah, trans woman. Exactly. Yeah. There are so many trials, and it. The only because one, I only think it's Jeremy Irvine that makes us think that being gay is a punishment. But that's because the thing he, he because it's are, through his eyes. I, I know it but feels he, like, but he actually had things to lose, mm-hmm. whereas the other people don't. So it like doesn't matter if they're gay because they're still living on the street. Hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like being gay is just one more reason why their life is hard. But there's never like a. I think of a lot of coming of age movies. There's a moment where they discover something and it sparks joy in them. But and like the Stonewall, hypothetically, should be that thing. Well, no, it's the Stonewall riot that is that thing in this film. But the Stonewall yes, but... is not really even a character in this movie. No, until... but that's what I'm saying. The yeah. riot is the character that sparks that joy. But no, no, well, I, I know, which but I get that's... because rioting sounds fun. But it's that's... not something I've ever but, but... done or been charged with. Yeah, sure. But I'm saying like, uh-huh. the, the like the symbolic liberation in the film is the riot and the parade. It is not like passing legislation. It is not like even having fun at the place. The yes. place that's the thing. Drew, there's was no like, fun. There's, they, but there's no they go sexuality. To the, no, they go to the Stonewall to turn tricks. Well, like I was talking with Terry about this uh, earlier today, where it was like, I'm so bummed they didn't go to Fifty Third and Third. By the way, interred uh, because oh. the Ramones made a whole song about uh, being a gay prostitute oh. uh, at Fifty Third and Third, which is apparently where you'd go do that. Yeah, you know how good the Ramones are. I fuck you. What were you um, saying though, Jason? No, but like, there's a movie James uh, uh, James Highland Bob Strike Back. James Cameron Mitchell. God, John John uh, Cameron Mitchell. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yeah. yeah so, but he uh, made a yes, movie yes, called yes, Short Bus, Short Bus. Um, yeah. like a while ago, and it's it's literally about someone kind of it's a coming of age movie about a woman kind of finding her queerness and finding her community and going to Short Bus, which was like an underground club mm-hmm. and. I think it was, it's also about her exploring her sexuality. Yeah, too. exactly. Like it's not explicitly like queer necessarily, although that is the lens that they're using. But yeah. it's also like uh, it like grow like growing comfortable with who you are sexually. Yeah, that's the but movie the, where a guy jacks off into his own mouth, right? That's definitely. That but movie. but I mean, like yeah. it's a sexual movie. How does like, that even work? He, I'll show you. Here, can you see like? Is he like, <laughs> like halfway for through a summer? Five minute break, no, guys. It, yeah, it's like it's like a yoga position. So like, Get he's, the he's laying here and he's got his. Okay, uh, this then, is a audio medium. I'm showing you. Yes, but I'm asking. Stop our, showing you. No, I'm not gonna. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> listeners. You're gonna have to go watch Short Bus. We're gonna film Terry trying this and then. <laughs> no, but all, all I'm saying is it. It was like a carnival of like. It's there are joyous yeah. moments of like people being yeah. who they are are to like, to, th- to that's like their... discover what makes them like tick sexually is a liberation that is joyous. I mean, and even not and I've been Hedwig and the Angry Inch yeah, is right. kind it's of the same thing because well, it's, it's Hedwig like... has such a hard life and then they discover who they are and you get those moments of joy. Well, and there's like this kind of like uh, fight the system, like rock and rolly kind of opera vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, it's I, like a musical but know? i also can't speak to like i don't know the stonewall ends vibe so i don't know if it was a different environment well, I, I just imagine fr- I, from like my experience being in gay bars and like through but, but documentaries I, mean, I, I also think like from what like i understand 2012 we don't for, need to get caught up in the history because clearly emmerich isn't either. yeah he doesn't give a fuck about it but i mean that's the thing is like but more... you would think he would be like hey look being gay can be fun but he's also from West Germany. Um, yeah. Well, so, like, his, his. Notably, view, not a fun. Emmerich wanted to make, like, gay West Side story. Like, and it's like this kind of spectacle. 
and has nothing to do with like the historical like trauma these people faced at least not like it you get a little or bit of it the but naive it's crass. eyes yes. of a fictional character right. that whitewashes it and, yes. mm-hmm. and really that was a huge problem of um you know pre- prepping for this episode roland emmerich is on record of saying some pretty heinous things about this movie during the whole prom- promotional process of like you know, he was criticized for whitewashing a lot of the events because, again, historically, like the neighborhood, the folks that would patron the bars, like, yeah. were not this fictional white guy. This that, little white guy. And, and he, he's, uh, you know, he's been stated saying that, like, he was trying to make a movie as broad as possible through that lens. But he's also saying, too, that um, because he's been criticized for the whitewashing, that this was a white centric movement. And he's on record saying that, that it, he's downplaying. The fact that there were a lot of uh, Latino black community members who were trans, who were like a huge leader of this movement. And like what from again, what I loosely understand that it's it's really awful. Uh, I mean, for, for him to like just kind of like the erasure is already happening for this community. And the fact that he would make this movie where it doesn't feel like it's from a genuine place well, and, but I, yeah, it's I like he's does, not he doesn't know what he's talking he, about he, sort of he, thing, he's or? not does like he... queer in america like sexual mores are slightly different in <clears throat> western europe in particular in germany like particular but like i don't th- this, yeah they like scheiser though this could have been an opportunity <laughs> there is a bit more sexual liberation in in europe though like it's not yeah. necessarily the same like in 1969 you could go get a beach in like the bathroom in germany and it was like it's mostly fine. fine in both west and east or just west probably west but like what's the who i mean communists like to suck dick too like yeah but, you know they're all about equality it's all a construct anyway everyone sucks dick <laughs> i mean yeah. that's the truth though but again it was like it's not <laughs> it's, it's just different it's I'd different argue i'm not saying it's like there weren't like 55 percent queer bashing dick, and stuff right? like i'm sure the, like I, I feel confident the gay people face adversity in europe too but it's just it's different and i think yeah. that Emmerich was not the right guy for the job. I just think well, that, something no, that I yeah, thought, of course, something I thought was interesting uh, that I read about was there's uh, Ray. I think makes uh, reference to the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy and uh, well, Judy yeah, Garland. Judy Garland dying is a big moment. Well, that it, it's and again, I don't know if this is true, but I um from some of the sources that I was reading from um, Daily Stormer, you know, the usual things. <laughs> yeah, um, bright just part. Kidding. Uh, uh, that's awful. Uh, but uh, Apparently, there's the way that people have oppressed the movement have downplayed this by saying like, well, the queers were all pissed that Judy died and were upset and, you know, wow, it was an uprising. It was like a catalyst. It's like kind of a conspiracy theory. I also I mean, could be misquoting or misunderstanding, but that's kind of the well, vibe that I, I think you ooh. could also read that to say that, like, there is this uh interest in the fairy tale the life where moving to the city yes where Mm -hmm. you're not you're not in indiana anymore yeah yeah like there's this kind of to to move out of like your mundane circumstances and to become like kind of um someone important and protected like but that's where the the, weird lack of contrast is is there's no like colorful but but i'm saying the fantasy element of the story makes sense for characters who are oppressed like uh ray in particular Mm -hmm. who was the most interesting character you guys know the friends of dorothy thing right no that was an early way to 
identify it like another gay person. Oh, okay. It'd be like, supposedly, it might be an urban legend, but be like, are you a friend of Dorothy? And well, we know how like, Emmerich is interested dude, in yeah. all kinds of things that may or may not be true. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that was a way, like... I have heard this. Yeah. Uh, um, like, theory. God, or, it's just... Yeah. I fucking hate this movie. It, like, in all the Indiana shit, like, what's the point? It's, well, well, we have to hit all of the well, you have to stereotypical... Make the white boy sympathetic, too. Yeah, but it's just, like, 40 minutes of bullshit. It's like, I don't care... I don't care. I don't care. And I don't care. I know, but that's like it's every like, Emmerich movie is too long. I know. It's just this one <laughs> is probably his worst movie, in my opinion. I, I agree. my opinion is that it is until we talk about the next movie. No, but Joey is. I would rather watch <laughs> Joey again versus this one. <laughs> I'd rather that's watch a, that one where they're just in a spaceship not doing anything. Yeah. I, oh, would, yeah. I would watch. Uh, the the Noah's Ark principle over this one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which one was the one? The like corpse chase or whatever it's oh, called? Yeah, ghost, ghost chase. Ghost, ghost chase. chase. Yeah. Yep. Oh, way better. Hollywood. That wait, yeah, that one was kind of. What's the alternate title? Hollywood like, vampire? Hollywood monsters. Hollywood yeah. monster. God oh, damn I would it. watch that over this yeah, one. Yeah, that guys, one was actually kind of fun. We watched <laughs> that movie like seven months ago. We've been here for so long. Yeah, no, we've been stuck for a long time. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. Jason should be on probation for director picks yeah <laughs> i you know next one sounds good i stub my toe okay we're I not i'm human i'm human we started off strong that well no i'm human, no. <laughs> uh, but i guess yeah i mean that's that's okay like even if we we're to close out before saving face and such like as a movie itself if i was to separate like things about the script and how like condescending and just icky this the movie is not like all the characters don't feel necessarily like real the way they should be. They it felt like exploitative. Well, but it was also like there's nothing. It's so long and the pacing is so like mm-hmm. you slog through. And there's at the end of the movie, I didn't feel. So I think one of the things is I'm looking good. at everyone bewildered. We didn't all feel victorious. Yeah. We all like, or at least I think most of us read like Burroughs in high school, and we were yeah, exposed yeah. to like gay ideas at a young age. Um, I remember like my wife was doing shit, but she'd come like look at a scene or two, uh, when she was not doing stuff. And she said something like, yeah, like it's weird because I grew up in a working class area where like, you know, being gay was not something that was considered socially acceptable, but it was acceptable to be out. Like there wasn't the level of. Uh, antagonism to gay people that there was in the 60s and so like i like there i I think we need to remember though that there was a huge legislative anti-gay push in the 90s oh yeah yeah no like there was some of that stuff still going on now and there's still a a huge there there was a bunch of like anti-gay bills like yes by fundamentalist churches in the 90s but she's not wrong that this is depicting the era before the push that made it so that there was more Acceptance. acceptability yeah. for gay people in society. Only like, a very small amount, though, because yes, again, in it's bet- still incredibly bigoted, in but between, they did make a big step forward. In between Stonewall and like that like queer push in the 90s or the anti-queer push in the 90s 
is the AIDS epidemic, though. Which Reagan yeah. famously didn't do shit about. Yeah. Because so, but I'm saying, so... He, uh, like, he hated gay people. Exactly, though. My point in saying that is that, like, there is, like, maybe the ability to be out in certain areas of society, but at what cost? Like, I don't know that that's, yeah. like... It, it's, like, one step forward and two steps back. I would say it's two steps forward and one step back. Like, okay, I don't want to split so one step I don't, forward. Like, yeah, regardless, I think <laughs> as long as we agree that there is like um, a, a give no, and take, there is always a give and take. But I do think nice. one of the things that we should think about while we're criticizing yes, everything is, is You're either things are bad, but they're better. Goodbye, like, baby. think about how trans people were accepted even when we were in high school 15 years ago. I mean, they weren't accepted. I don't know yeah, what you're talking about. Exactly. So and now How I would say age. 40% of people at least just don't give a shit about trans people. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. But, but I love that Bud Light is giving uh, mm. fucking rebates to people who are offended by having a trans influence. So that's what I'm really saying. Ridiculous. Like, and I think, I, I think we have shit. the perception that things have changed, but in reality, they haven't. People I think get refunds for being But they offended. have because a bunch of people like. I know personally, growing up in a small town, who would have been like trans, think it was weird and not be cool with it, are all just now cool. Like, like okay, cool, I get it. No, I'm saying like, I think we've made strides now, but I don't. I think between 1960 and 2000 and like 15, there is not a not as much progress as this movie makes it out to be. Well, remember, this movie was Dakota released theme. the year that gay marriage was legally allowed. So that would have been 2012. But it, no, yes. it was 2015. Oberfell v. Hodges is 2012, though. No, it wasn't. Evan just set paused the timer, this. Set the timer. <laughs> 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 set I was working at a school in Bend <laughs> when it happened, which is how I know it wasn't nice. 2012. <laughs> If I'm right, Terry owes me lunch on Tuesday. <laughs> into the all 50, all 50 <laughs> states right? in 2015. Oh. All 50 states in 2015. Okay, so uh, Terry owes me lunch on Tuesday. I'm not getting you lunch. I'm not getting you What if it's nachos? <laughs> it's nachos. Can, Can you give me lunch too? <laughs> oh my God, I'll get you lunch. Oh, thanks, bro. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you want to add a lunch to that order? <laughs> But all the all the same though, my my point in actually not bringing all states, this up sixty percent is that by yeah because everybody else had had it. Two thousand eleven is when fifty percent. There there is the a states. perception of significant progress that I think is offset by, like this is again like new Jim Crow. It's it's a legislative achievement that is offset by a horrible uh, cultural backlash. Mm-hmm. And I and yes, let's not lose sight that progress is made, but. A lot of it is symbolic. The gay, like gay pride does not gay rights make. Oh yeah, and I think this film very much leans into we had a parade and Solved things were all fixed. The problems in the mm-hmm. world, and I and, and that, that's just my frustration with the kind of attitude. Like it's a very liberal, liberal kind of attitude where cosmopolitan like cultural uh, mores change. But the material reality does not. Yeah, so like what happens to uh, like Joey King, uh, our main mm. character's sister, is like, hey, somebody told me he's gay. Uh, and oh, he told man. me because I know you. What happens to that kid? Oh, I, I he's not going to have a good time in exactly, Indiana. I exactly. I that whole thing. And I'm such a good person for knowing that 
Well, and I, and I just like, I think it's like weird tone valid because like, I get that because like, you know, like my family, like my, my aunt is gay and like all of her like sisters, like didn't care. No. And they knew that. So like they do kind of occupy the Joey King role, but that didn't mean that it was okay to be gay in like 1975. Mm -hmm. Like it was still, it was still culturally unacceptable for like a large, if not like majority swath of the population. And it was still savage and brutal to to like for instance be a gay hustler in new york even in 1975 yeah and 1985 like i mean even now exactly. hustler is a rough spot to be in right and well, uh, especially without like any sex worker laws that yes could yep. provide protections yes. and like the stats on the amount of kid like kids who run right. away and yeah. end up in sex work right uh the like amount who are gay or LGBT versus regular population right. is astounding. And a lot of that's because we have a lot of bigoted parents who are like, I don't want you in my house. Yeah. Um, like they'll literally kick you out for, yeah. out. or they'll beat the shit out of them. Yeah. So they run away. Yeah. Well, it's like, <clears throat> but yet you raise kids with like, I, I love who you are and your identity. And, but that's not smear. what these kind of parents do. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. But if you're gay, that's where you're, you, you know, you're, uh, that's where you cross the your line special the Lord. is too special that, you know, doesn't align with my Lord. Yeah. And it's bullshit. Well, it's like, oh, like, it I mean, Protestant morality is bullshit. Let's be real here. <laughs> There's like American morality is bullshit. All well, but American morality is, is Protestant great. morality for the most part. There's some Catholic shit. Not much. There's some Jewish and Muslim shit that's not great. There's some Buddhists who fuck. No, suck. of course, but I'm saying like the, the like that governing myth or the Make governing like gay again, moral really. compass for the, like America's wasp shit. Oh yeah. Way. Yeah, it's all the fucking uh, assholes who landed on Plymouth Rock. Exactly. It's why you know Janet Jackson's nipple pops out and everyone collectively shits their pants. But they're totally fine if we just indiscriminately blow up people in other countries, like, mm -hmm. for decades. Dude, just, you got to watch Kandahar. Yeah. You're okay. going to fucking love it. You can't follow up what I just said by saying you have to watch Kandahar. <laughs> that makes it sound Dude, like, segue bro, dope, do you dude. love war crimes? You should watch you Kandahar. Yourself. That's the thing. It is, like, war crimes the movie. Uh, there is a part you should, you, you, you want to say this on mic? Like, <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like the politics of it are so fucking absurd. It's like spectacular. There is a part where ISIS rolls into the rescue. Uh, and I was just like, what the fuck am I watching? Like it is the dumbest thing ever put to film. I think oh, Jerry butts, man. And the politics of it are so bad. There's a child, uh, IED maker. Um, I feel like Jerry Butts's later career is just like to make a more insane political movie each movie. Pretty much. Like, Plane was better than I expected in terms of the politics. Uh, but this was more fun than Plane. Um, uh, you were all jacked up about Plane like two weeks ago. I was before I saw it. <laughs> Too much of the Plane doesn't have Jerry Butts doing anything. It's just a bunch of people like trying to camp out in a plane crash. Then, then, then he's going to be in what boat? No, Jerry Butts isn't in boat. It's Mike Coulter. That's in bolt oh, in boat. See, I like my Jerry Butts like bloated, you know, I like, like, like cop shop was my, 
peak Jerry Butts. I love divorced dad Jerry Butts, which is he's literally playing a divorced dad in Kandahar. Oh, Uh, like or like one of the subplots is he's got to get the papers signed, (laughs) Uh, and (laughs) that's part of why he has to catch the plane. Bill Paxton. Yeah, it's just like I still think the best blow to Jerry Butts is fucking Den of Thieves. Oh yeah, nothing will oh, beat that. Yeah. And he just held Den of Thieves too. P- picks up that like bloody donut he off just, of the he ground. He needed to be more bloated though. <laughs> yeah, like I like my Jerry Butts bloated AF. I like him in Olympus Has Fallen with his giant sausage finger hands. There's like a specific <laughs> shot where he's like goes to grab something, and it's just like it looks like that scene from Seinfeld where Jerry's on a date with the one with the quote unquote oh, man hands, yeah. and they just like she's like, oh, let me get that bread for you, and you see this giant enormous hand come out like it looks fake and everything. It's just like. Yeah, dude, Jerry Butts has got uh, bloated sausage chains. <laughs> dude, he it was great. Jerry Butts' like fingers are like four inches across. Oh, he yeah. looks like he looks like the thing. <laughs> he does. <laughs> it's clobbering time. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, tell me, Jerry Butts wouldn't make a good thing. It's crazy because his toes are really skinny and long. <laughs> I mean, the grossest thing ever. <laughs> like, see Jerry Butts like, with, like, lollipop toes. toes. <laughs> oh, you man. think you can divorce me? No. <laughs> I'm getting a custody. Go be a lassie. Go be a lassie. <laughs> and fucking Dead of Thieves, you where think? he, like, busts in, and he's like, I just want to. I just want to hug the guy who's fucking my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Have you seen that movie? No, oh, I still man. haven't watched it. Dead of Thieves is so, so good. good. I want to watch, I, I watch that. It's fucking so good. I just want to hug the guy who's married to my wife. Yeah, they're like Her. they're like divorced, but he hasn't given up, and. Yeah, he starts. He just comes in to like threaten her new boyfriend. (laughs) I just want to hug the guy, (laughs) and he's like drunk as shit. Like, and they're all mad at him. It's so funny. Is Cop Shop good too? It's. I really liked it. I like Cop Shop. Okay. Yeah, it's so silly. The other guy who's the bad guy. uh, Is it Frank Grillo? Am I crazy? I think he's in it. I was thinking the bald, thin guy. Oh, James Cromwell. No, <laughs> start listing all the bald, all the it? tall bald guys. Uh, he's gotta be guy? tall when so. he gets back here. I swear, he's Frank the guy who, like, was the crazy serial killer guy who was trying to break in in the last part of the movie. Ooh, it's on Peacock. I might just check it. It's yeah, Frank Grillo's in it, it's oh, Teddy it's Moretto, so but then there's Toby Huss. That's one thing, who's the bald guy. He's that makes sense. So yeah. I love Toby Huss, too. That. he's great, but yeah, it's a great. Like it feels like a movie you would have made in the nineties, which is also the problem with Independence Day Four. Well, it's definitely it's got like a uh, a Saul on Precinct Seventeen thing or yeah, Precinct yeah. Seventeen. I love that Toby Hess has like come to a point where now he's like a a reputable dramatic actor and things, or Who's like that? can play. Toby Huss, he's the bald guy in the Cop Shop I mean, because he started off as right? like he was in Reno Nine One One. He would play the drunk, t- and he's he does Cotton's voice on King of the Hill. Like he started off as a voice actor doing Cotton's voice, and now he's like <laughs> been in a bunch. Of- <laughs> oh, that guy! Yeah, he's been um, now he's just been doing a lot of like dramatic roles in like TV shows and movies, and he's fucking good. I actually, so I it's kind of cool that he started from like King of the Hill, being a voice actor, also playing Mister Super Newsome Phone. 
I I enjoyed him in uh, Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, he's in Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah, he's good in that one. Who's in Halt and Catch Fire? Toby Huss. Who? Toby Huss. Yeah, who's that? He's the guy. He started off, from what I know, like he was in a few episodes of Reno Nine One One, but he's Cotton from King of the Hill and Mister Super News and Phone. That oh. guy who does that voice. Interesting. Yeah, and now he does all these like dramatic roles and shit. Not know he did both Cotton and Mister Super News and Phone. Yeah, same guy. At least I believe so. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. All right. Do we have anything else to say about Stonewall? Before saving face? Is there a saving face? I have one. You said the cast was great, Paco, so you must have somebody on the list. That's wild, Paco. I honestly appreciated the whole cast. Um, Ooh, you're doing an ensemble bullshit. No, I'm not. <laughs> some cheating shit. I'm doing something that's going to make uh, maybe everyone else who watched the movie very angry. I love it. Dude, this is my favorite. Ron parts. Perlman? No. Uh, although Ron Perlman was objectively fine. It's not his best work, but he was okay. I am going to go with Jeremy Irvine. Uh, that's what you were saying? As what's his name? As bland main character guy. As uh, vanilla guy. Fucking Danny. Yeah, Fiction vanilla ice cream. Liberation. As Gary Stew. Lawrence of Arabia. He <laughs> does his best with some truly awful writing. Yeah. And like, Bean. he has to do a variety of really dumb shit. Uh, and I know. It took Jason and Terry out, but I thought he did a good job with some truly lackluster material. Terry? It's easier to be the fun character (laughs) than to be the dipshit with the worst writing, you know? Fair. None of y'all talked about Jonathan Reese Myers. Is he a big part in this movie? Or is he just... Up here he in was the cast in it? list. Yeah, he yeah. was yeah. the guy who worked, he's, or he was part of the. Was he the like uh, he, He's he's the like Uncle Tom gay. Well, because he's trying uh, to pass like legislation. Which one? The one that was briefly a boyfriend and then cheated on him. Yeah, yeah. 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 I guess I don't know what Jonathan Reese Myers looks like. He um, kind of looks like Timothy Oliphant, but a little sharper and like a skinny Joaquin Phoenix. What the fuck? Okay, that you—that's not how I would describe him. At I all. liked the older Joaquin gay Phoenix? guy so. who had like the like comfortable relationship with his the like Vietnam vet. Yeah, I liked that guy a lot, but uh, the like dipshit guy who kept trying to do meetings. I was like, oh god, you're annoying. That's Jonathan Reese Myers. Okay, yeah, he was annoying. <laughs> Well, Terry, um, who was your... Uh, yeah, who's your uh, face? Unless you're looking, trying to figure out no, if there no, was no. any. It's uh, going to be rare. Yeah, Johnny Bouchon. Me too. Me yeah. too. Like, I, his performance was over the top, but Ray is by far the most interesting character in the movie. Like, So he does a good job. With absolutely. Well, it's like so vulnerable. Like, yeah. like the moment... That was kind of the disappointment was like all of the scenes where uh, his character... Because I think... Sorry, I think he uses he has... Pronouns. They do, but again, I, I so. think they're they for like for Ray. Yeah, I, I, I think that like now we would call Ray trans. Oh, of course, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess, but speaking for the performer, no, I think of, it's a they, okay. it's a he have gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like that character uh, really grounded the movie, and in, in like the most memorable parts of the movie, all 
had Ray in them. And that was kind of the love story that I was anticipating the, where dude. And then fucking Emmer gives you blue balls, this motherfucker. Yeah. Well, in like, in where, cause Ray doesn't end up with fucking Danny. Well, you thought like they would? Yes. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> I never thought they would. Ah, oh. See, I thought Danny that, is just you, you never have no romanticism in your body. <laughs> well, you can't see that it was trying to happen. I know Ray wanted it to happen, but Danny would never fucking go for someone that below his social status. And that's, that's why he sucks. Danny. No, yeah, he's Danny a sucks. piece of shit no, but character. I was taking I was taking it as just because you're gay doesn't mean you're attracted to every gay person. No, like, but oh, that's not his No, there were type. a bunch like, of other gay people that he could have shacked up with, but him and Ray had this like adorable relationship. Yeah. But they also had like this friendship, and I'm sure that's what Danny, the character, would say is why he didn't. That's Ooh. just, yeah. uh, no, but like I was just anticipating, oh, he's fucked over yep. by, because the, it's leading up of like how much that Ray loves him and has professed that. I don't and think then it's he, a, I don't think it's one sided though. Like that's the thing. I truly no, but did like, not that's where I feel was... like he felt the same way about Ray at any point. No, he doesn't feel the same way. But, but I thought but that there was there the is arc. mutual chemistry. Exactly. You weren't yeah. shipping for it. I was shipping. <laughs> exactly. I'm on the fucking Ray yeah. Danny ship. No, I'm, I'm but of him. all of the performances though, like that's the one that will stick with me the most from the movie. Like I thought that was a, a great performance. Nice. Shitty. Yeah. Script, shitty things, shitty script, shitty movie. I'm glad I did not watch it. Yeah, you're not missing anything. <laughs> I'm. It's me. on Tubi. I'm going to watch it before the review, so Tubi? I can at least put it somewhere. It'll it's, be at the bottom. It's important to note, though, that the yeah, movie's budget. The bottom. <laughs> um, the movie's budget was 13 million dollars, and the box office uh, was 292 thousand dollars, <laughs> which is a substantial. <laughs> Sorry, could you repeat that? Okay, so. <laughs> The budget of the movie was $13 million. <laughs> the box office was $292,000. Oh okay, so how much is that compared to $13 million? Uh, None of us are I math people. Math are you saying 219000 is what it was? It, uh, 292000 292000 So, yeah, wow. What's the loss on that? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. Like, don't don't forget you have to factor in marketing you have to yeah. factor in well, the fact marketing? that theaters like, I would, I would take 50 percent ish so let's say they lost their whole budget oh, oh, yeah. after that like because i yeah. mean would it be two hundred ninety-two thousand for all the marketing and everything else afterward? i mean they didn't market it much but like they typically market like what 20 ish percent of the budget of a movie over jesus so yeah, yeah. 20 is for 20 percent of marketing's expensive as shit dude so would be marketing a million dollars 99 of racket too this feels so but oh, of course. it's also how people know about movies it, no i know but like there's you're getting like there are diminishing returns at a certain point and movies often and other things spend way way over that point but one of the huge things with movies is paying professionals to edit the trailers and so you've got the trailer. No, edit, I understand. And then, yeah. But I'm saying they're they're paying like triple what they need to to actually get returns on that investment. Because the editors are being paid what they're worth. No, it's just a racket. It's just this is more graft. I think that this was a what my conspiracy theory is is hey, I'll do an yeah, basically. Day two. 
if I can make my Stonewall movie. Like, this feels this, okay. But there was no company. Passion. There's no passion in this movie. This wasn't a passion project. This wasn't the same company then either. Then why the fuck would you make a Stonewall movie Because they found a, a gay, a gay director who would terrible. make them money, there even though go. in case... It's and actually, in this case, it didn't make much money. But it's like he's known for it a big spectacle thing, and he didn't make a big spectacle, and he didn't make a love story or coming of age. But we, they we probably all earned know some that of that Eric back didn't on Tubi. Write this script either because, Maybe. like, they probably had a treatment for this. <laughs> they probably got like, and then they were like, "Who should we hire to direct this? What's our list of gay directors?" And they picked Emmerich because they can make a lot of money. I don't think he had much to do with this. A lot of tax write offs. Like I don't think like Emmerich has TV? like put his stamp on no, it as a director. This movie like, losing that there's much no money. way he fucking was doing like. What studio this. was this again? They might not have a bunch of other shit to have written off, because I feel like it was a really small studio, wasn't it? Um, it was not Centropolis. That's production company. It wasn't Fox. Hang on, details. Lionsgate. Okay, yeah, Lionsgate could have used this to write off some other shit. Let's see. Well, I don't recommend it, but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm hopeful that maybe Independence Day 2 regurgence. You don't have to lie. <laughs> I'm not hopeful. <laughs> That's great. I'm so oh please God yeah. let it be good. Yeah please guys let it be good. Join us next it. week Join and we'll see if that. Jason is a liar. I bet it's gonna be amazing, you guys. I feel like we're gonna find you with your pants on fire. <laughs> That's fifty Pinocchio. <laughs> That's fifty Pinocchio. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to the Vulgar Auteurs podcast with Paco, Terry, Evan, and me, Jason. Vulgar Auteurs is produced, engineered, and mixed by Evan. Art design is by Matthew Roland Ferris, who you can find on Instagram at PestoPasta44. All vulgar music is by Evan, and the best way to support the show is to tell your friends and follow us on Twitter at AuteursVulgar and Instagram at VulgarAuteursPodcast. Feel free to email us at VulgarAuteurs at gmail.com, and please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Now we're going to go home and take a hot shower. Hot, hot shower, shower. Hot shower. Hot shower. Hot shower. Hot shower. <laughs> <laughs>